This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. All right, how you guys doing? Come on in, sit down, relax. You're about to listen to the Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. The life podcast is personal journals and entry into the minds, the souls, the hearts, and lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Colt Cabana. I am an actor. I am a, I'm a man of the theater. I'm a podcaster. I'm an entertainer. I'm a personality. Most importantly, though, I am a professional wrestler. And I am sitting here live in my studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Before I go any further, this is a fan-supported and listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. Give it to you free of charge every single Thursday. ColtCabana.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. A couple great ways that you can support, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend, tweet it out, Facebook it out, Snapchat it out. The best way that you can support, though, ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, t-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, digital downloads, premium podcasts, and of course... The Wrestling Road Diaries 3, along with the other ones, you can buy them in a package, you can buy them in a promo, you can buy them separately, you can get a bonus disc, you cannot get a bonus disc, you can get a digital download, however you want to do it, you can do it, it's all available, coltmerch.com, digitalcolt.com. I'm an actor, what should we go into first? Should I tell you Bobby Fish is on the show? Bobby Filet of Fish? Doing my best Chris Berman there. Is that such an old reference? Am I that old that that's the reference I use? I don't even watch uh, SportsCenter anymore. That's what I used to watch. That's what I grew up on. Right before uh, you go to school, I watched 25,000 hours of SportsCenter and Chris Berman giving people nicknames. Bobby Fish sounds like he would make an amazing host of his own cooking show. And that's not a joke. That's an observation. I think that's an obvious joke and a shit observation. All right, let's talk about this acting gig. And the only reason I'm talking about it is because that's what I talk about. What did I do each week? Kind of this monologue is usually about uh, my journey, my journey in the world of professional wrestling. The last two weeks uh, have been kind of, not shit, but the schedule, for some reason, slows down around the holidays, around Christmas time, around Hanukkah time. No one cares about Hanukkah, but you get the idea. Around New Year's Eve. The night before New Year's Eve, luckily enough, I was able to wrestle for AAW, Marionette Park, Illinois. They packed the place. A couple years ago, there was like 200 people. A couple years ago, it was in Berwyn, and there was only allowed 175, 200 people. They would pack that. They moved it out to Bourbon Street to 300 people. Decent, not amazing. I used to say the acoustics were kind of shit, but now all of a sudden, seven, 800 people are lining up at Bourbon Street, and now the acoustics work. You pack it, acoustics are great. I think the key to success is Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. Fly yourself in some luchadors, 
and get a lot of fans. No, it's a packed house. It's a packed house, and uh, AEW has really changed the landscape of how they work. And it's a risky model because it's expensive. But if I'm a fan, if I'm a fan, I, I got to say, I got to love it. I know I'm sure, you know, front row tickets are now 40 or 50 bucks, but for 40 or 50 bucks, you get the best talent from all over the world flown in as opposed to 10 bucks and just seeing some, some dudes. And I think it's the right way. And it's got to be a good model because it's working. And I'm working on New Year's Eve Eve. But besides that, a little slow. We had to do the comedy show to put something in the schedule in St. Louis. That was so much fun. Blueberry Hill, I think we're going to be back. And because there was time open, I was able to audition. I caught myself a role like a fish. And I'm not really sure what I'm allowed to say. I just got back from shooting the scene. I had one scene. It's a show on NBC. It's one of those Chicago shows. I might be saying too much already. And the experience was interesting for me because I'm doing a scene you know, with the famous people or they're the leads of the show and they see me and I'm just a dude. And it was weird for me. I mean, at the end of the day, if you take it all away, it was a day's work. I was happy for it. I got paid very well. But when you go inside the bubble, to me, it was the dichotomy of a wrestling locker room. I sat around. I was quiet. I was to myself. A couple Lower people on the staff knew who I was, and that's usually the case, right? That's the theme of my career. The upper management has no clue. The people on the bottom, the people with it, they get it. They always know who I am. And I'm not the type to be like, hey, guys, I'm uh, Colt Cabana, pro wrestler. So I just stood myself. These people just thought I was some schmuck from an acting school or a local dude, I guess. And I get it. But it reminded me to always be cool to the other people around who maybe are uncomfortable, who aren't shitheads, right? I think that's the key because there's a couple of times I was like, fuck, this is weird. Maybe I should crack a joke. Maybe I should say something. And then I would think to myself, wait, if I was in that situation and this guy said this stupid joke, I would be like, fuck, this guy is talking. (laughs) So I get it. I, I got it from all sides. It was a fun experience. I'll let you know when it comes out. I'm hoping you guys will do a full social media ambush so that people are like, what? And then I can get some more roles. And then we could change this podcast to the art of the Chicago shows on NBC. (laughs) Bobby Fish is my guest today. And one of the cool things in this talk that came up was uh, ageism. Or the idea of getting a job because of your age. And I think nowadays we are in such a great place in the world of wrestling. It's not exactly where it needs to be, but it's come so far from uh, even just a couple of years. But especially, you know, years ago, if you were 30, if you were over 30, you were laughed at. You were basically told you'll never get a shot. You'll never make any money. Your career is over. If you were 30, you were looked at as like super old. Fuck, I remember being in a locker room. I think Tough Tom of Disorderly Conduct, I had wrestled him. He was probably like 32, and I was like, this guy is so old. They have to look at me that way. Fuck, right? The the 19-year-olds and the 18-year-olds in the locker room has got to be like, holy shit, Colt is an old man, which I guess I can understand. And maybe they think that of myself, or they think that of Bobby Fish. The reality is, though, you see how hard Bobby Fish goes, what an amazing athlete he is. And I feel there's a generation, like my generation, that is getting older but started as like the indie generation that we're still keeping it to a high level into our 30s and 40s as opposed to when this generation was younger and we thought of the guys who were 30s and 40s on the card and they just were all just old, sloppy, lazy fucks just kind of about to get out of wrestling. And I know that's generalizing. And I don't know if I just feel that way because that I'm part of it. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys have thoughts on that. Bobby and I, we had thoughts on it and we talk about it amongst many other things, including his father who passed away and sadly, final battle weekend, uh, his mother passed away. This conversation was from right before that. 
So obviously, you know, I gave my own private condolences to him, but, you know, I'll say it out here. And in Bobby Fish fashion, uh, he took it in stride. He took it as well as you're going to take it. And he had a, a, you know, the Bobby Fish witty attitude to go along with it. So I'm sure it hurt deep inside. But Bobby Fish, he definitely stayed strong. He showed a good exterior and he better be strong because I will be wrestling him next week in Atlanta, Georgia on ROH television tapings. You better be ready, Bobby. We'll get to that chat in just a second. Let's hear a song. Song of the week this week is by a former backyard wrestler. I assume it's in the song. His name is Rhyme Time. You'll hear the story in the song. Support him and his group at houseoflewis.com. Rhyme Time just put out an album called Gnarly. You can also watch the video of this song on YouTube. It's full of wrestling and goodies and Young Bucks t-shirts and Pro Wrestling Tees t-shirts. And it's really well done. The song is also featuring Mega Ran. It's called Punchlines and Clotheslines. Enjoy it. We'll be back with Bobby Fish. Started off in the backyard with barbed wire. We hardcore. Then I moved on to the indies. Sold out shows all through your cities. Feel me? Built a buzz. Signed autographs. Took some bumps and kicked some ass. I made a name and pinned a bet. And now I'm in the main event. Heart gon' stop when I hit that shot. Crowd gon' pop. Heart gon' stop when I hit that shot. Crowd gon' pop. Climb the ropes. Coming off the top. And an elbow drop on the cream of the crop. And to be the man, you gotta beat the man. And I beat them all. That's who I am. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Uh, good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Colt. Uh, good to have you finally on the show. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. One, one of the one of the um, 
Starting back with Ring of Honor is one of my excitements. It was mm. not the big crowds, the exciting action back on television. It was like, oh, I get to finally see Bobby and maybe we'll do a podcast. Get out of here. It was one of You're the, buttering uh, me up. Oh, it was that. Something awful's going to happen Do you here. think so? <laughs> no. Because I have the hard-hitting <laughs> questions. I need to know stuff. I need to know. No. I mean, we, God, we haven't, like... I think towards were you when I was there towards the end you started coming in or no Ring of Honor yes uh, yeah I very much was uh, coming around doing the uh, pay your dues thing pay your dues you know thing. Devito was still working actively uh, with Ring of Honor well this was oh, two thousand we- I'm t- so I'm talking more about two thousand ten I guess oh yeah okay but I mean. Right, I mean, and we can scratch the back of that goes way back. You, that might be too far back. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just crazy, which I don't think yeah. a lot of people. I mean, I don't know how much you put it out there, but like you know, I, I mean, you've been around forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I you know I played uh, football in college, so like my start in pro wrestling was was late by most people's standards. I mean, I don't think I really started training in earnest until I was like twenty three. Wow, yeah. which is. Because I always say that, like, you know, I started at 18 going on 19, and I was always like, I started so late. Right, right, <laughs> right. You but, hear these stories of Briscoe Brothers starting at 12? Yes, like, exactly. Or like Ricky Marvin, you know, exa- same sort of thing. He started when he was 12. Yeah. Um, Rocky Romero is another one that, that started super early. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think... It's all relative because then if if DDP walks in this room, well, now he's jealous of my start time, you know. And DDP could like easily walk in. He'd stretch in. He'd, yes, like, exactly. He might be doing lunges into right. this room. I hope he does. I don't. I, that would make this epic. Are you a yoga man? Um, I yeah, I've I've started in the last like year or so to uh, really get into mobility um, out of necessity. Yeah. You know, I'll be 40 in October and um, I got aches and pains that weren't there before. So, um, uh, so as I start reaching 40 years old, which is a couple years away, mm-hmm. but um, like you easily threw it out there. I thought that was interesting. And you know, yeah. like, like um, age, uh, do you worry about like age discrimination in professional wrestling? Um, I did. I did at one point, and then um, I made a conscious decision to just own it and, and like, fuck it. I truly believe my 50 is not going to be like other people's 50. Um, I've, I've maintained and, and kept myself active and feel uh, fantastic as I sit here today. And I, I truly believe that, like, um, I'm going to do this as, as long as I want to continue to do it. I hope not to be um, a guy that overstays his welcome. But uh, I really feel like I'm not under the gun, uh, believe it or not. Yeah, no, that, I, I guess, yeah, so you, like, envision yourself at 50 still... still Maybe, if I want to. Uh, but I'm also, you know, sharing a locker room at times with a, with a guy like Liger. Right. Well, you that know? was my other... Or, or Nagata. When I... I, I think being in America, we don't like when I, and, and you were with Noah, obviously, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. But like, yeah, start going to Noah and and watching uh, maybe Segura and mm-hmm. seeing Masada Tanaka at twenty five, like being like the man, mm-hmm. and all these guys who are high age, and it's not. It, it seems less discriminatory over there, hundred percent. And I think that was, and I don't know if that was the same for you, but I think that was just one of the same one of the times for me where I was like, oh. Because I, you know, I think I, you see kind of wrestling like, well, at forty two, you're going to be pushed out, right? Exactly. <laughs> in America, at least. Yep. And, and I know what it says that, but it, no, it, right. <laughs> but it's almost implied. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I, I think it comes from society first, 
and and just within our society, like it's supposed to be all downhill after fucking twenty. And right. it's like Jesus Christ, I've still got majority of my life left to live. It can't be this miserable. Mm. Um, and I just think that uh, I think people in this country, uh, and it, and it spreads to wrestling a hundred percent. That uh, you know, people they subscribe to it and they think that yeah, that that's the way it is. You know, like so. uh, did you have was there a moment of you like because you said. Like when I asked you that, it hit you. You were like, "Yes." Like you saw the, I saw the yes in you really quick. But you were mm-hmm. like, I, "I got away from it." Um, I, I guess I want to know about the moments like where it was weighing on you. I, I don't know if it's- I think any time that you go and do anything uh, WWE related, so you go up and do the extra thing, and or or you do a tryout, or you do an, an anything, um, it becomes very apparent to you then. And and I think very much uh, f- in years past, I think it's better now with them up there, but that it used to be something that they uh, wholeheartedly, I don't know if endorsed is the right word, but like they certainly didn't run from it. Right. You know, so yeah, it was right there in your face. Um, I, I just look at it as I have something to offer this business. Um, and as I get older, I'm getting better. I, I'm learning more, I, you know, as long as I have something to offer, I'm going to continue to try and do it. And, well, I guess you had, like, different breaks because it's weird. I don't know. Like, kind of going back into society, I guess, like, um, I don't know how you were. And I don't know your upbringing really, you know, well. But, like, at, at, at 26, I saw a lot of my friends, like, that's when they all started becoming successful in life, you know. And mm-hmm. I was still, like, scrounging at the <laughs> wrestling, you know. Right? So, like, if you were scrounging at, like, 35. Yeah. Still like, ooh, maybe, I don't know if I'll... Yeah. Like, for me, as a 26-year-old, looking at myself as a 35-year-old, saying, like, well, this is the time that maybe you'll start getting a break. Right. Uh, I don't know if I would have... I don't know if stuck with it, but I don't even know if that was, like, really a thing. In my head, I probably would have been, well, at 30, if I didn't do anything, I'd go get a job at Walmart yeah. or, what, or, or try to work up a corporate ladder or something. I definitely had a crossroads moment, Uh it's when you wrestled that. Cody Rhodes. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and I lobbied for it on Twitter <laughs> previous to getting the match. <laughs> um, a crossroads moment for me had had a lot to do with uh, with home. There was um, there's a, a Target distribution center not far from where I live. I, I had a friend who was like, "Listen, you walk in, start at 50. Um, you know, I, I have a bachelor's degree. I, I never really put it to much use and uh you know wrestling at that time was paying some of the bills but certainly not all of them i I was substitute teaching i think and um i had that moment where it was like okay i I think i'm gonna continue to wrestle but it'd just be for fun and um oh the uh the dad weekend softball player exactly (laughs) that's who i was going to settle into being uh take the job at target and just you know it was what it was and then this Ring of Honor thing seemed to kind of door, the door kind of opened like that it could be a possibility, and I was like, "Well, okay, fuck it, let's let's give this uh, this will be the last shot, I guess." You know, it wasn't as pivotal a moment as like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is my last go, and I got to make it work." I mean, you know, save the but drama, it was close but to grabbing yeah. that target job and then being like, "Well, yeah," it was like, "Okay, one or the other," yeah. and uh, the Ring of Honor thing when it started to work out it was gradual progression so it's not like i completely um completely pushed away plan b or a or whatever one you want to consider first i just uh as the ring of honor thing became more uh and then new japan happens and then 
I don't know. I, I don't want to knock Noah in any way, but like that was my previous experience in Japan. And then to go to new Japan and I don't want to say everything's better. I'm just, everything is just, it's great there. I yeah. love it there. Um, and it was like going into new Japan. Did you just think it would be what the Noah experience would be? A hundred percent. And except maybe a little how bigger houses, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I just figured that they were like, I think we went over to Noah around the same time, correct? Like 2006-ish? So, well, that's when I was in WWE. Okay. And I feel that you were there. I, I went there 2010. Okay. Yeah. When I started going there, they were the number one. Um, Give me I a, don't, what year was it? Uh, like 2006, 2007. Oh, 2006. Gotcha. Um, and then even 2008, like 2009, that's when Masawa Kobashi were still on top. They were definitely a bit older, but they were, they were still dropping people on their heads. <laughs> um, people, uh, you know, I thought that that's what the, the number one company in Japan was like. So that's my point of reference. So going to New Japan, yeah, I totally expected it to be the same or very, very similar. And okay, right. So the, the point is like, obviously, I, I have nothing but great feelings for Noah. I hope you do the same. I do, but it's oh. very. Uh, and so I don't know that I don't know what difference you're getting at. But if I, I can give a point of reference for people, and we both can kind of describe it. Mm-hmm. For me, it's it was very like kind of stoic and very not lighthearted. Like, uh, is that kind of what you're getting at? Is yeah, yeah, a little bit um, stiff. Not in the idea that you know getting hit hard in the ring but but just as people in a, in a company <laughs> less no i don't want to say less friendly because they're very welcoming they're they're very polite they're very uh hospitable um but this episode is brought to you by pepsi wild cherry pepsi wild cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out. There, I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The New Japan locker room, there's just a lightheartedness mm. that uh, exists there that makes it feel more like, oh, yeah, this is kind of the big time. And it's, uh, it, I don't know, just somehow the, the difference between the two um, just makes it. It's like, is it like summer camp? Um, without the flutes. Without the, without the flutes. Was there flutes at summer camp? <laughs> well, wasn't that uh, American Pie? She shoved it somewhere. Oh, there you, you go. Know. That's band camp. Yeah. Well, yeah I don't know. Somebody Our, never went to camp summer camp. Camp is camp. camp. <laughs>
Um, okay, so you grew up in upstate New York. Upstate New York, yeah, and uh, Albany area. Okay, um, did you play big time football? <sighs> it depends on what you call big time. <laughs> it was non scholarship, so um, no. I, I, by most people's standards, I would not. It would not be considered big time. Um, I think what you you realize though fairly quickly is that playing college football uh even at a, a smaller level uh is still like a round the clock mm-hmm. endeavor uh, i played for one year yeah yeah so did you and glean the same yeah i, I was I, it was oh, i was miserable but yeah i was you were i was uh what is it called i was giving my life to them yeah and i wasn't even like good or like new and i wasn't even contributing like mm-hmm. i sucked so mm-hmm. <laughs> but i still you, you got to be there for everything and like when i stopped and you could maybe probably the same like when you were maybe when you were done i stopped after a year mm-hmm. i just like i had so much free time it was like the most satisfying thing but it also made me appreciate any little time i had right that makes sense because i was so used to giving all my time to something mm-hmm. that once i was done i was like I love the idea of sitting on the couch. That's probably, <laughs> that's probably why I haven't like, that's how, who I am now. I think like uh, the appreciation of being lazy and sitting around right. is from those days of just like nonstop go at, right. at college. Yeah. I, I think that, I mean, that's what it became. It was like, okay, go to your classes and then you got a meeting. Uh, oh yeah. And at the end of the day you got practice. And then after that practice, there's another meeting because we got to watch film. And it was like, okay, I love football. I, 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 I loved it all the way through while I was playing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot to expect from kids at that age to to devote that much time, whether it's at Notre Dame or Siena College where I played. Yeah. You know? um, did you like so uh, Albany area? Sorry, was there? Did you yeah. go to wrestling as a kid? Uh, was I into it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched it with my dad. Um, the NWA Crockett cup years like that like uh 89 into 90 were uh probably the things i was the biggest fan of like that's when it was at its peak for me where it was like i I was wrestling crazy you know what kind of fan was your dad um in what way like did he was he like trying to watch it all the time or was he like hey want to watch this thing that's on that's- he watched it all the time um but he wasn't like um like a sign guy or or anything like a that sign guy yeah like i mean he didn't have signs or anything no, at I the show. Okay. A, in my head it was a it's either a guy it was like if, if it was on it was on and you my dad it. wore a lucha mask <laughs> oh that's exactly what i was asking. right yeah no my, my dad was definitely full-on fan um came from a generation where uh wrestling was still very protected. My my mom, um, some of my uncles, because my dad's passed away now. Well, one of my uncles, because they're all passed away too. Um, still, at times, um, have a a hard time separating what I do and what they grew up thinking was the business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so that that can be uh, humorous at times, to be honest. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, my dad was always uh, always into it, and and until the up until when he passed, like uh, Raw was when did something we watched together. Um, when did my dad pass? It was ten years ago. Uh, the twenty fourth was his anniversary. So yeah, ten years ago, uh, I would have been like thirty. Okay, yeah. And you guys were, were you, would you still 30. be watching it with him or like? Yeah, uh, I think as as an adult, like there were times that I would I would 
pop over to the house and we'd, we'd watch some Raw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, like during the um, Monday Night Wars, my dad and I, and this is be, will be very dated, we had you two, made signs two, two VC- Lucha Man. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we took our clothes. Oh, wait. Um, two VCRs. Or no, one VCR. We would watch one and we would tape the other and then watch. So there was like a four hour block yeah, of yeah, wrestling yeah. in my dad and my life uh, at one point. And yeah, wrestling was something that I think I, I kind of father son bonded over. Do you know what I did? Uh, what's like not a thing at all anymore, but uh, I remember during the Monday Night Wars when we got. So it was something about, I'm not a tech guy, but something with the two VCRs, and we got the picture in picture. Oh, shit. And it was like, yeah. my life. That was epic technology. That, I didn't know what to do. I was like, <laughs> right. do I switch? Do I switch? And right. then when we got picture in picture, I felt like a real rich kid. Right. Like, you know. Did you feel um, any sort of loyalty to keeping one or the other on the big hmm, I think it was whatever, uh, whatever action was hottest at the time, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Uh, I don't even, I, you know. Like I think at heart because uh, w- and you might be different if you said you grew up with the NWA. Well, I grew up with WWF too. Right. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I mean, I was in New York, so yeah. of course that was the flagship, so to speak, and definitely the first stuff I was exposed to. I remember though, consciously thinking uh, it was a Saturday morning, and I, and there was something that might have been a replay, but it was dusty, and it was a some kind of a bunkhouse match, and there was blood, and like I was used to Saturday morning superstars yeah. where it was job matches, and there was certainly you're never fucking seeing blood. To see blood on Saturday morning, I was like, oh, this is the real wrestling. Play blood on Saturday? I guess they did. Huh? I like I said, I think it might have been a replay. Because it was bunkhouse style, so they may have been doing like an update. And in my recollection, my adolescent recollection, I I may be a little off the mark, but it was. But they were like so outlaw. They're like, yeah, fuck it. You know, Dusty's like, put it on, fuck it, put it on. And it looked grittier. Yeah. And there was something to me that was like, oh, this is real. Mm. Well, that's the difference between some people is like. It looked grittier, so I knew. Like in my head, WWF was always like, "Well, the production is was a little, a little more movie like, right?" Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Well, this is the real." You're, oh, this is, okay, okay. This is the real one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the other one is still wrestling. I love it, but like, yeah. you could tell who the A League is. Yeah, so very much kind of two sides of the coin. How to, we look to at me, stuff. right? The 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 production being a little less made it like, oh, this is the. This is the stuff, mm. which is kind of ironic because I I uh, never ended up really getting into ECW, which you would think kind of the same thing would have been uh, the case with EC- yeah, somebody you, seeing ECW. Were, do you think you were too old? I don't. I so there's definitely a point in high school where I I, uh, I probably my fandom waned a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I don't know if those times match up. Um, and then even in college a little bit, again, I, not to go back to football, but football became so consuming mm-hmm. that it was like, yeah, I was definitely a Fairweather fan then because I couldn't be a, a bigger fan at that time with, with all my time commitment to Did school Did you go to football. wrestling as a kid? Did I wrestle like amateur? No, did you go to wrestling? Did you go to the shows? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I remember my dad, we went to... The RPI Fieldhouse in Troy. It was me and my brother. My my brother and I are like a year and a half uh, separated in age. He took us to the Army Navy store and we got full camouflage fatigues <laughs> and went to the show that night of Sergeant Slaughter versus the Iron Cheek. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So That's cute. You're yeah. the original cosplayer. Yeah, yeah, we did it. We oh. did the thing. 
did you get any like do you remember getting attention from like fans or people i don't think so i do remember because that's why you do it right I don't know why. Especially we were kids. Yeah, I don't even still. know. I was a big G.I. Joe fan. I don't know what my motive was. God, I don't think I ever went anywhere dressed as anything. Really? That's probably a thing. And I, you have kids, so like, does you, did your kids, I don't know how old they are now, like, they ever just want to like rant? Do, do you have a girl? My, I have two girls. Do they, sometimes they, they want to just go up as like princesses, like just out in the world? They <laughs> did that at Disney. Uh, the Disney, um, that when they were uh, probably five and six. Disney did a uh, like makeover where you get made up into a princess, and so like on that day they walked around the park as princesses. But it, it's not so odd at Disney, right. you know. It'd be different if I took them to the mall like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I feel some people do. Some people like kids. Some kids are so crazy. Yeah, I, I I've seen some weird shit in Japan. Have you? you where so the, one of the the uh, last times I saw you in Japan was with Hero, and we ate in some place near that uh, Golds mm-hmm. that we go to, and it's that shopping district. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen? I, more than once, I've seen some cosplay going on in that area. But it, is it people putting on like a little show, or just the idea of them walking around? I sometimes, and I don't know if it is part of the show, but sometimes you'll see those street performers that are like not performing, okay. and that's their performance <laughs> that right. they kind of just stand there. I don't know, and then they they might react to this thing or that thing, but that I you know it's some sort of performance art that I just assume goes over my head. Fair enough. Yeah, I think a lot of stuff from there yeah. goes over your head. I'm pretty willing to accept my stupidity, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so. Uh, how does the plan of being a wrestler uh, at 23 pop in your head uh, was it a thing of I'm putting this off because of football or was it a thing I'm done with football what do I do with my life Um, I think it was done with football and what do I do with my life because I I think pro wrestling was always something that like my friends and I would joke about Um, they being probably more fair weather fan than I um, and me just I guess the personality to them, they were like, oh, yeah, I could see you doing that. So it was always kind of a joke. Uh, but I never really took it serious. And then football ends. Um, I thought maybe I, I could play arena or something. <laughs> no, knowing that I wasn't going to uh, play in the NFL, yeah. um, but thinking that I could at least get a few more years. I just didn't want to stop playing. Okay. You know, and, and that's what it came down to. Um, Tried out for uh, a couple arena teams, didn't happen, and, and then it was like, okay, well, what do I do now? I moved out to California, uh, out to San Diego, kind of on a whim. Uh, I have friends that lived out there, and I was going out to visit, um, and ended up not leaving. So I stayed. I, I, I was in California, in San Diego, for about a year. Um, what was it? P. Uh, PWG. No, not PWG. <laughs> it was a wrestling school in El Segundo. I don't know. PCW? Which was closer to LA. No, 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 no. Not, not PCW. What the hell was it called? It was PCW in San Diego. I, I want to say Powerhouse. El Segundo. Rick Bassman was the... UPW? UPW. There okay. you go. So I was going to go up there. Um, I went up. I didn't have a car or anything out there. I, I was staying with friends. Uh, but I, I went up there and talked to him and set up like, okay, I'm going to come and, and train here. Um, once I get this car thing situated and I'm new to California, so got to get a job, blah, 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 all Do that stuff. you think stuff. he was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Looking back. Looking back, yeah, of yeah. course he was. What's ironic now is I remember that day in in the ring working out 
if I'm not mistaken, was Samoa Joe. Pretty sure CD was there. Um, Chris Daniels. Yeah, I want to say I want to say the Miz might have been like just getting started too. I just stuff that I saw that day that I remembered, but but I wasn't really, um, you know, I, I was in a situation where I, I couldn't commit to it fully. Any, anyway, I, I also like the idea of you not knowing any of those people, but maybe none. being like, <clears throat> but maybe be like, oh shit, that's the Miz. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. Exactly. <laughs> because to be honest, like CD and, and Samoa Joe, I didn't know who they no, were. No, Why would you? 2000, right. whatever it was. Right. And now looking back, I know. And it's like, wow, it's so weird that, you know, we passed, we crossed paths, but didn't even realize it mm-hmm. then. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. So you what happened? You couldn't get your. Um, I went back to San Diego working on all that real life stuff, and um, ended up taking a job with a marketing company that was going to put me on the road. So now I'm traveling uh, with the other job, so I can't get to to wrestling school. Um, but so um, and it's, it's kind of the same thing as the Target deal is. Mm-hmm. I, 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 where was your headspace? Was it like, well, if I'm on the, you weren't like, if I'm on the road, I won't be able to do this training. I kind of was, but I was just in a pickle where it was like, uh, I need to be an adult here. Got to have a job, and I didn't want to just work retail or something while I'm in San Diego. Uh, so I took this. Mar- the marketing company gig was was enough money that it was like I kind of can't say no to this. Mm. Um, but it had me on the road, which would eliminate the uh, possibility of, of going up there. Uh, but not having a car was eliminating that anyway, so mm. it didn't matter. Uh, during that time, my dad got sick. Long story short, I went back to New York with my dad. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I got sick um, and then was in New York and, and there was more than likely not a chance of me going back or if there was it was going to be a bit of time and that's when i found devito okay yeah and uh, who's been on the show telling devito yeah yeah Yeah, he's been on i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that one howl.fm go to the archives Uh, (laughs) i will do that yeah so uh did you well it's funny because you said you weren't an ecw fan no Uh, i didn't tony 
previous to that, I, I didn't know who Tony was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which um, is, I don't know, which would make sense. Yeah. If you're, I don't know, if you're not like 100% into it. Right. Yeah. And so, I had a, a little bit of a weird, like I didn't even really know what indies were mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, the indies that are close to me in upstate New York are are beyond bad. <laughs> so it wasn't anything that I went to. It was not something my father introduced me to. The first indie I went to uh, in in upstate New York was so awful that it kind of gave me a view of like, do I really want to do this? Is this when you were training or like right before you were training? Um, I think I probably had taken a couple of bumps, mm-hmm. um, but I was still nowhere near able but you, to, you had, to start working. You had started... Yeah, because if you wouldn't know where the indies were unless you were in that yeah. world a little bit, right? Yes, and it was a little bit in that world, and it were, there was a guy um, named Jeff Leibel who started to train me. Uh, that's actually how I found DeVito was through Leibel. Well, how'd um, you find? I mean, how'd you just? What'd you do? You went on the internet and said upstate New York. Yeah, wrestling? yeah. I don't remember exactly how I found Leibel. Uh, I, I I don't remember, uh, but I know that I found DeVito from Libel because he had DeVito come in as like a guest for the day when we were starting our training. So uh, Libel I found before I went to California. And then when I came back from California in an effort to like, okay, well, if I want to train and I can't go to UPW uh, because I'm now on the East Coast, what can I do here? Oh shit! Well, there's like I I think I came across Devito's name on the internet, and then was just like, oh shit! And there was a number. I called him, and he was like, yeah, I'm in Newburgh, which was an hour and a half from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So it just made sense. Like, okay, yeah, I'll be down on Sunday. So what'd you do? You started you did, you started doing an hour and a half drive. Yeah, yeah. Started training. I we did like Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. Um, and when I started training with Devito, uh, Cheech was uh starting to train a guy named uh Scott Cardinali um who cloudy Scott, to bounce around yes Scott would would be in OVW with me right I yes he moved to Louisville yes. yeah, yep yeah, yeah, yep yeah. um there were a couple others uh and then there was like uh Lou Santiago and Turtle who who did some ring of honor the stuff Outcast early Killers. yes yeah. there you go they they were around to help because they had already been trained mm-hmm. but they were around uh to kind of help and take and take bumps and just you know be there as bodies mm-hmm. um but yeah then i just started training with devito twice a week three times a well, week so whenever a we could get it in came out of so all these upstate new york did did colin and brody come from devito or no no they came from western new york so okay. like rochester area which, which is, is colin delaney like three and, and a half hours from okay. from where i grew up um I don't know if the distance is shortened a little bit by Newburgh. Uh, anyway, but it's still probably like a four or five hour ride. Oh, so that's know. not even close. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For them, but you know, as a as a Chicagoan, I just think New yeah. York City or Upper New York, it's right. all the same, right? Right. Well, I get that all the time too. It's either people think the city, or they go, "Oh, you're from Buffalo." It's like, yes. uh, no, I'm actually closer to Boston than Buffalo, and I can um, hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I could hear yeah. with your accent. Uh, yeah, it's it's been debated as right. to what my accent is. So uh, I was first introduced to you. Uh, we were doing the Ring of Honor shows. DeVito and Loke would come down. Actually, now that I'm thinking of it, that's who trained guys like Colin and uh, Brody, and okay. they came up with Loke. H.C. Loke. Yeah, so that's why there may be a little connection in your in your brain because gotcha. of Loke and DeVito. Gotcha, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, and your name, uh, you had one of the best names I've ever heard in wrestling. <laughs> uh, oh, I, we're talking the, the, the original. The original name. My OG. Yeah. Yeah. Which I forget if it was Jackson or Johnson. Which one was it? 
It was Jackson, but DeVito lobbied strongly for it to be Johnson. Oh, so it's in my head. Jerk Johnson. Yes, but it, no, Jackson. but it was Jerk Jackson. Yeah. Yes, officially it was Jerk Jackson because Jerk Johnson to me, the play on words, not necessarily oh, where I was yeah. going with it, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it stayed as Jerk Johnson? No, Jerk Jackson. It was Jerk Jackson. Yeah, it was Jerk Jackson. Great. This is, yeah. I mean, Cole Command and Jerk Jackson, like the alliteration... <laughs> Could have been. We could have been a team. I, I know uh, the possibilities. Yeah, and that. What was that? That you that you like the idea of being called jerk? Uh, this story is really less uh, exciting. Okay. <laughs> I was coming down for training, uh, and uh, Jack Johnson was on the radio, so that song was in my head. I get there for training that day, and I didn't realize how close I was to having matches. And DeVito said, hey, you're going to go with Turtle and Lou this weekend and have your first match. Oh, a real match? Yes. What's your name going to be? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Mm. Um, and I think because I had listened to that in the car on the ride down, I said, I, maybe I'll be Jerk Jackson. And he was like... Yes, you are. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, he's like, you know what? It's still jerk, but it's going to be Johnson. And you're going to have like a stained wife beater <laughs> and maybe come down with uh, porno magazines, another oh, dated God. reference. Um, and then, it, uh, you know, it was established like, oh, no, 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 that's not, not what I'm going for. Uh, but then DeVito was just in his wisdom at the time, which for me being so green, uh, definitely couldn't see it. But he was like, Jerk Jackson is something people are going to remember. It's going to stick out like... Yes, that's going to be your name. Mm -hmm. So that's what we went with, and and it it stuck until I started working for Noah. How uh, how how bad was your first match? Oh, <laughs> it was, and the the lead up to it was really um, so going that weekend. It was a battle royal. Um, it was in Syracuse, someplace near Syracuse. So it was a little bit long ride for me at the time, and and it sucked. The facility sucked. There was maybe. 30 people in the crowd, but probably 50 of the boys in the back, yeah. you know, because there was a battle royal. So that's 30 immediately. Um, I remember looking around the room, waiting to go out for the battle royal and being like, fuck, I made a mistake. Like, okay. I'm not like any of these guys, you know? And, and you made a mistake that you weren't ready to wrestle? or, or you, that, that I don't think this was for me. Wow. That I think, you know, this was a kind of a failed attempt. And uh, I resigned in my head to, you know what? I'm here, I'm going to go out and do this thing, and then uh, this will probably be my first and my last. Huh. Yeah. And so, in my head, in this story, you went out and, like, even though it sucked, like, you... Went out, laid an egg, and quit. And then I'm, I was done. Is that what happened? No. <laughs> no. Went out, did did the Battle Royal. Um, it was nothing stellar, obviously, at the Battle Royal, but... I, you know, it's cliche, but I had heard previous to that, like, yeah, you know, you get bit by the bug and then That's you're sick, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, I got bit. The idea of like obviously. being out there in front of it and like maybe a little bit of an adrenaline rush. Yep. God, I yep. can see that happening too. It's really. And in that battle royal, the, the lunacy of some of the things that went on, like, I think I took a bump from getting hit with a doll. Like mm. a doll, like a little baby that, that was brought to the ring in a carriage. Mm. Um, you know, and, and so for the serious athlete in me at the time, because that was always my point of reference then, at least, was like, no, I'm, I'm an athlete. Um, that would not have been appealing. But yet, somehow, it was. There was, there was this indescribable 
uh, you know, moth to a flame sort of thing. Like I just was, yeah, this is, well, this is awesome. It seems to me like an ongoing theme on this podcast a little bit is that like, um, as, as we, the, the, not, not say the jock kids that are mean to everyone, but just as the, the athletes, sure. all of a sudden we get into wrestling and then now all of a sudden we're, we're in theater. Uh, which we never thought it would be, mm-hmm. but I feel I feel like maybe we have the same mentality is like, oh, wh- why do we like theater so much all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where you know when, not that like, uh, and I, this isn't like a bully thing or whatever. I'm saying the idea of us as as the athletes, it, the like plays and that stuff had never had any. It wasn't for me. It right. Like, uh, Those are the theater kids. The theater. But it's not, I'm not ripping on the theater kids. No, me neither. Right, right, right. But that's just, that's what they like. I don't, right. I don't like that. Right. Yeah. I didn't look at it as, oh, the theater stuff is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. What I, this is the important stuff. I just looked at it as, that's different. I'm not into it. And mm. you're not into my stuff. So, right. but, now, but that's sudden, okay. W- here we are in this world and we are, uh, right. we, we do like the theaters. Right. Uh, is that, and that goes into, when you said uh, this wasn't for me. Um, I'm like I'm not like these other guys mm-hmm. in the locker room. Um, did the, did, are you saying does that stem from being like kind of like a, an alpha male guy? Maybe a little bit of that. More more of like okay, indie wrestling, especially early indie wrestling. Um, I guess everybody gets a trophy. You know what I mean? Like t- guys are allowed to get into this that maybe shouldn't be in it. And I'm looking around the locker room and I'm seeing way more of them. If if I'm not mistaken, and I, I remember back, I might have felt like I was in a locker room of all that, and and I'm the the you know I'm the kid that's not like the others, so that's why I think I had that feeling of not dread, but just eh, this is this is not because you were me. always you were always super in shape, and you were even bigger, yeah. is it right? So. Yeah, I just thought of my like I was not um, impressed by anybody athletically that I was exposed to in indie wrestling at that time. Mm. Which would then lead me to the early Ring of Honor stuff when DeVito started bringing me to those. That's the first indie wrestling where I saw guys like uh, AJ and Joe. And fuck, even you at that time would do the acai. And as big as you were, I just, for the first time, my exposure to indie wrestling was, oh, fuck, these guys are athletes. Mm. They're like me. In, in fact, some of them may be better athletes than me it, intimidated me a little bit i had not felt that previous in in uh my exposure to independent wrestling and that was what really kind of started to turn me on and challenge me mm-hmm. in the same way that football and kickboxing or whatever else i did competitively in years past challenged me and it's just it's it's it just takes right, like if you know, if those guys weren't coming, like you would never have. If Devito and Luck weren't coming, and you didn't jump in them, you probably would have never even been exposed to that. Yeah, and you would have just stuck around. And that's the thing; it's what you're exposed to. Yeah. So if that early indie wrestling stuff is all you get, and you never get outside of that, yeah, I don't think don't I don't see myself continuing to have done this right. and and pursued it as a career. Definitely yeah, not. You didn't even know that that was the thing you could look for. It, it kind of found you. I didn't. Yeah. I, I thought it was like, okay, you got WWF, WWE, whatever. And then, um, you know, I was aware that there was a Japan and, and, and Mexico and stuff. But the drop off between the two was like, no, I don't want to do the indie wrestling shit. Like if somebody said to me a year in, hey, listen, uh, come to OVW and, and pay a ton of money, but you'll be uh, closer to the, I, I would have probably thought like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that because that's a faster track. Mm. Not realizing uh, that that would have been 
more than likely the a mistake. <laughs> right. You know, but you don't know it. Uh so you you end up going to Noah mm-hmm. and doing the dojo, right? No. 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 Did you uh, jump right in? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I went to Harley Camp. Yeah. Uh when it's WWE was say, gonna be there. It's funny you say that, right? Two seconds later, you end up going to a camp. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. <laughs> um, go to the Harley camp, and WWE's going to be there, but Noah's going to be there, too. And um, what your your goal was was either WWE is interested or Noah wants to – they're looking for two guys to come over and do the dojo. What a camp that was, by the way. It's like every, there's like two options of like – two different things that people are wanting to hit. Like yeah. someone – Someone was not smart enough, but like made it viable. Smart enough, I think. No, yeah. I think you're. you're, okay. you're yeah, not I agree credit. with that. Fair enough. No, like there should be a camp where just like it's essentially kind of a combine, if you will. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to you know, to to a lesser degree, and and combine coupled with a money grab. With a money grab, yeah, <laughs> you know, enough, yeah, because <laughs> it is what it is. Because I think it's five hundred bucks. It was. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, as opposed, if I'm to not mistaken. Some of these camps are a hundred. You know, like yeah. that you just do, but. Yeah, um, yeah. This one, for whatever reason, made sense, and I I went and I did it, and then they contacted me after that. Now, when I left there, I had a lot of positive feedback, but there was nothing that led me to believe I'm getting anything. Um, but I I thought I might have, you know, I thought I did well. Did you leave there going? I just wasted five hundred bucks plus a plane ticket and a bunch, like essentially a thousand dollars. Not entirely, because it still felt like there was a possibility of something, but feeling like, yeah, that that could be one of the outcomes here. Mm. Definitely. Um, and it is for most of the people that go. Yeah, well, yeah. and it has to be. Yeah. You know, just based on numbers alone, it has to be. Because mm. uh, if they're successful... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's full with the amount of numbers they're drawing, but yet they're still only going to take two or three or let's say tops five people, uh, you know, between the two companies that are looking. Um so yeah, when I returned home and was contacted by Harley, uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, and he, he told me they were going to bring me over, and then he would get back to me um, with itinerary, blah blah blah. 
so I assumed I'm going for three months. I started to prepare for that. And uh, then when I got my itinerary, it was for three weeks. And I'm like, well, this got to be a mistake. I contacted Harley and he said, uh, well, they're not bringing you over to do the dojo. They're bringing you over just to go right to work. And uh, so that's why you're on three weeks. And, and to be honest, I thought that that was a bad thing. You know, right. uh, I didn't. And as clueless as I was, my first three tours for Noah, I kept asking them, can I come stay in the dojo? <laughs> just, I realize now how fucking crazy they must have thought yeah. I was. But yeah, I, I thought that the dojo was the way. Well, and it, because so I don't know if you want to, but like going over there. Uh, as as Americans or whatever we are, we we go over there, and I I remember, and you were probably going over the same time that that Dragon and Davey were going over, maybe. Yeah, I I cro- yeah, I, d- Brian and I did a tour for Noah together, maybe two. Um, I was never on tour with Davey, okay, uh, but definitely around the same time. Yeah, same same time frame. I remember the idea of like they were like we're just the Americans to make them. We will never be part of this company. You know, within like, Noah, yes. Within Noah. Yes, that so, was... So my thing is, like, in your head, and, like, in my head, I was like, well, if I ever want to, like, be part of this family, I'd have to, like, live here and live in the dojo mm-hmm. and, like, be accepted as the token American right. to, to move up in the company. Right. If I'm being honest, I wanted that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, if I I'm being honest, I wanted would, that. Of yeah. course you would want that. Why yeah. wouldn't you want that? Yeah. You don't want to just be a a, a day player. You want to right. You want to be Dave. You want to be Dynamite Kid who changes the way. Of course. Right? Yeah. yeah. Dynamite was like the fucking thing for. It was a whole part of the whole reason why I wanted Japan to begin with. Mm. Uh, but I do remember guys like Ogawa. So when I my first tour over there, um, I'm doing the young boy stuff before the shows and stuff. And Ogawa comes up to me, and I think he's giving me a hard time. Uh, and he, why, why you, why you do, uh, you know, young boy? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, but yeah, I, I am because Harley, you know, some of the advice Harley had was given to me it was like, you know, you do. You're obedient. You you do what they ask you to do, and you you're respectful, and you do the work, and you work harder than everybody. Blah blah blah. And he was just like, um, so there was a bit of a miscommunication there where they were like, well, we're bringing you over. You're you are a wrestler. Yeah. You don't need to do that. But yet I'm doing it the first three four days, and then finally I think it was Bison pulled me aside. Was like, hey, asshole. <laughs> and we didn't know each other that well at the time, but Bison was always pretty frank with me, and he was like. Cut it the fuck out. Yeah, because like, I'm going to have to start doing this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Making me yeah. like that. It was a bit of self-preservation yeah, now. I'd imagine. Yeah, but he was like, you don't need to do this, man. They, they respect you as a wrestler, which some of that I'm sure he was padding my ego a little bit. Um, I'm sure they didn't think much of me at the time. Um, but he's like, they, they brought you over here to be a contributor. You don't have to do that stuff. you know. And, and as I did more, it I began to understand and realize like, oh, okay, well, this was kind of a good thing, but it had to be beaten into my head. Like Ken uh, had to say to me, it was Ken and Rue. It was at a Ring of Honor show, actually. They pulled me. Yeah. They pulled me into uh, an office to talk about whatever, another booking or something. And I lobbied for the last time for the dojo. And Ken (laughs) put it into terms that he could, that I could understand where he's like, this would be a demotion. You'd be taking steps backwards. Yeah. So you don't want to do this. And so I, that was me letting go of my dojo uh, dream. Uh, what were the biggest... Did you do those Budokans? Yeah, Budokan was the biggest uh, arena that we were doing. So what? Well, how many did you wrestle in front of? 
uh, whatever, 15, 16, whatever okay. Budokan fit. Because at that time, like when I first started going over, they were hot, man. I, uh, I, I want to say I was there at one of the Budokans for, well, it might have been Kobashi and Masawa. There were some big matches that I was young boy style ringside for yeah and then uh another like kind of question or feeling that i'm always interested in is is that at that time then you start going over two three years uh you're touring like on this not full-time japan but you're a guy definitely not but you're a guy who who tours japan right yeah yeah and you're not a guy on the american wrestling scene not as much like i mean doing you know doing the the local indies um expanding as much as i could going to the ring of honor stuff with devito but you know just but some of these guys that are on the high high end independent scene, mm-hmm. right? Because that's this is what I know is the independent scene, right? They they would kill to go and like we see these people who do these tours of Japan right. as a little, maybe higher in status or someone who's like because like oh my god they've been asked to go to Japan and now they're part of the Japanese wrestling culture. Sure, and somebody's foot in the bill just for you to get from one sure. fucking plot of land <laughs> yeah. to cross that ocean to the other. That shit ain't cheap. But in saying that's why I always find it very odd when then they can't those person like can't make a dent or a break or nobody wants to put them on their shows in America. That was puzzling to me. And that's kind of puzzling to me. Yeah. And I'd imagine, I'd imagine how much it probably you were frustrated or, uh, uh, yeah, frustrated and just, but knowing also that, ah, shit, maybe I don't understand this the way I think I do. But like, I definitely expected after my first tour of Noah and definitely after my second or third, like when I come back, hey, now's when the big bucks right. come in. <laughs> yeah. And the big bucks, you know, unless $75 a booking is big bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just didn't. You know, it still didn't break. And and to be honest, that it was probably that way for me a good portion of, of the entire time I was with Noah, you know, which would have run from 2006 to 2013 or 14 was probably my last tour for them. Cause it was within the same year that I started with new Japan. I think that was 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in that time, then you started, but it took you going to these camps and wrestling free evolve. And like, I don't know what the first one for Evolve. like, did you go to evolve camp also? Or? No, no evolve because I knew uh, Gabe from the previous Ring of Honor stuff. Yeah. But Gabe was always, you know, Gabe because I was the guy paying my dues. Right. You know, you were putting up the the ring. Yeah. yeah, and here's Gabe. Gabe's the boss. Yeah, you know. So uh, I just had this respect for Gabe. I I think I probably reached out to Gabe when he was fired, just to say, hey, sorry to hear it. Um, and then we may have corresponded here and there just in passing. And then when he was starting to do the evolve thing, I don't know if he contacted me or I contacted him, but it was like, Hey, I'm working on something. Um, I'll be back in touch in a couple months. And then two, three months later, uh, we talked again and then, uh, the evolve thing was starting to come together. But that's 10 years after training or whatever it is, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. That's your first kind of higher profile independent wrestling is 10 years after the fact. After I already started late. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think I was destined to be the 40 year old that is now (laughs) saying, yeah, but my 40 is not like everybody else's, you know? And it's a, I mean, that, I think that's, and I always think that's the crazy part is that if you look back, if you just take yourself out of it and you look back and you say, hey, would you, well, I guess, I mean, I know you went to Japan, but like, hey, 
you wouldn't you you'll be you'll start at twenty three and you won't crack anything mm-hmm. until you're ten years right. ten years of right. doing this. Yeah, if somebody said to you when you first started, "Hey, listen, your break's not going to come until thirty five. Yeah, um, yeah, you that might have been enough to deter you and say, hey, "No, nah, I'm not doing this yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Let's find something else." <laughs> Yeah, but certainly. Uh, as we're, I mean, I guess it's just, it's, I guess in that really, it's all about that journey, not necessarily does. Yeah. And right now, as I sit here, man, I'm making a living. I pay all of my bills uh, for both of my kids. There, you know, uh, I help their mother, obviously. I give her child support. I pay my own, blah, blah, blah. And it's all through wrestling. And if you told me that 10 years ago, that would be the case and that I wouldn't have a contract with WWE and was still able to do that. I'd have told you that you're out of your fucking Mm -hmm. mind. So it's pretty cool to be sitting here in this position right now. And and, uh, it's not lost on me. Right. You know, not at all. And how exciting is uh, doing uh, New Japan stuff in front of these crazy crowds? Like the Tokyo Dome, um, you know, I still at times I feel like that I really fucking walk out in front of. How many people were there last year? I think close to 50. Yeah. I'm going to say 50. Yeah. Let's say 50. Sure, 50,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 50. Yeah, 60. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And, and to think. Not to take this a sentimental route, but like there's definitely moments I'm not really religious uh, since my father passed. Like I, I feel like when I need to talk to somebody, I generally address my father. And um, there have definitely been a few moments at Wrestle Kingdom where I take have taken a second right before I go out to um, keep track of that and and to think about you know this stuff that I watched with my father and this big stage that this is, this is very, for lack of a better term, WrestleMania-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and yeah, there's a little bit of pride associated with that and feel like, you know, if my, my, if my dad is still somehow in this, some sort of being and is watching, like, uh, yeah, I hope, I hope that, that he sees that. And, and that makes me, like I said, I, I think there's a sense of pride with that. Right. Certainly, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, where are you at on the internet, bud? Uh, I'd, I'd stay away from it unless you, masturbating. You, that's just, just you know, like strictly for masturbation. I've got a, I've got a, a Brazzers account, <laughs> and that's it. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> um, uh, the Bobby Fish uh, on Twitter. Um, stay away from my Facebook. I won't accept you. Okay. Um, yeah, just Twitter. Directed, right? I got an Instagram on there too. Yeah, you. I, I banned you <laughs> from there. I blocked you. I, now you can do that. So, <laughs> uh, do you have Instagram? Uh, I do, and that I think is the Bobby Fish as well. Okay. I should probably know that for certain. I should not preface that by saying I think um, it is, but yes. It, one last C. The uh, Bobby Fish. The that name came from somewhere, right? Yeah, of course. Is that is there a silly story to that or no? Mm, no, well, my I don't know if my parents were high or gotcha. no. Uh, last name legit. Yeah, Robert Robert Anthony Fish. Oh, your last name is Fish. Yes, sir. Really? Yeah, and that that's kind of peculiar too because uh, more times than not, people within this industry definitely are looking for the gimmick. Yeah, like where's the association? You know, where's the mask with the fins? Oh. Yeah, no We shoot. think we know someone. Right. And we don't. Yeah, and that's why, like, in the beginning, when DeVito asked, and the Jerk Jackson thing happened, it was like, well, you can't be Bobby Fish. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> you, I don't know. You you and Sharkboy would have been... Uh, we would have been quite the duo. It was meant to, be, yeah. <laughs> meant to be, but it didn't. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on. No, I appreciate you having me, man. Thanks, bud. Yeah. 
tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. One more time, Bobby Fish on the show. Thanks for uh, opening up. Thanks for chatting a little bit. And I will see you in Atlanta, Georgia, center stage. They used to shoot uh, Saturday night, WCW Saturday night there. Should be a very fun night. All right, before we get out of here, let's get into some plugs and upcoming events. All right, the best way that you can buy Wrestling Road Diary Steve Funny Equals Money, a documentary about comedy and professional wrestling, ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, Twitter and Instagram, at ColtCabana, Facebook slash AOW Podcast, also slash ColtCabana, my storytelling podcast, Pro Wrestling Fringe, plus past archives of this show are ad-free on Howl.fm slash Colt. Use the code Colt, get yourself a free month. ColtWrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. Maybe your promoter will want to put me on your upcoming show or convention. I got a YouTube channel. I'm posting stuff up there. ColtCabana.com is my website. I got a P.O. box. People are sending me stuff. Christy Bruno, who's probably been sending me subway cards for seven years during this podcast now. She sent a late Christmas gift with subway cards in there. Thanks, Christy. My Jersey cop friend, Anthony, basically sent me a get-out-of-jail-free card in Jersey. Thanks, bud. Next time I'm at WrestlePro, I'll cause some havoc and then uh, drop your name. Dave in Australia, thanks for the stickers of your bands. I will put them on my bag. And Tony Garcia, he wrote a book. It's called Rent-A-Cop. Tony, you know I'm not going to read it. But when it gets turned into a movie and I'm playing the cop and I'm forced to read the script because I'm an actor now, guys. I'm an actor. Uh, that's when I'll read it. I'm sure it's great, though. Upcoming this Saturday, January 7th, and Friday, January 20th, LaSalle, Illinois, Marionette Park, Illinois, AARrestling.com. Friday, January 13th, West Alice, Wisconsin, BrewCityWrestling1.com. Saturday, January 14th, Atlanta, Georgia, ROHWrestling.com. Sunday, January 15th, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Facebook slash First Wrestling. Saturday, January 21st, Alton, Illinois, PWCSWrestling.com. Saturday, January 28th, Southgate, California, Facebook slash AWS Promotions. And that Friday is a part of Rise-Wrestling.com. I'll be doing a women's seminar. Friday, February 3rd, Coventry, England, Facebook slash Kamikaze Pro UK. Saturday, February 4th, Sunday, February 5th, Nottingham and St. Neots, England, southsidewrestling.co.uk. Saturday and Sunday, February 25th and 26th, Preston, England, PrestonCityWrestling.com. Okay, that is the show for this week. Hey, you at home listening, starting off the new year, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys telling friends. I appreciate you still digging the show since 2010. Thanks to Bobby Fish for jumping on the show this week. Thanks to Cable Guy Jeff, the Stu Stone Kid, Russell Matt Jenkins with some music, Dane Miller with that tech. Highspots.com, a VOD service that's amazing. So many PWGs, $5 wrestlings, AMA knee pads, gear, mask. You need a wrestling ring? They got it. OneHourTees.com, they help run ProWrestlingCrate.com. They help run ProWrestlingTees.com. That's the place where you can support your favorite independent wrestler by buying a T-shirt or some other fun stuff. They got fun stuff there. TweakedAudio.com slash cult. Earbuds that I use get over 30% off and free shipping just because you listen to this show. And that is the show for this week. First one of the year. I do not have any uh, New Year's resolutions. I mean, you know, like I want to be a better person. I want to trim down a little bit. I did put on a couple pounds. I'm looking to trim those down and maybe get uh, maybe get some more gigs. The wrestling schedule has not slowed down in seven years, though. So I don't know how much these gigs are coming my way, but I enjoy doing them. You got a gig? I'll do it. Oh, I'm SAG, though. Sorry, guys. I'm part of the Screen Actors Guild. 
I could not be in your independent movie. That's probably what WWE contract people are like. Uh, I can't wrestle on your indie show. Are there any promoters who try to book WWE guys? There has to be, right? I just had a revelation. Okay, I'm going to go think about that. Probably laugh about it. Uh, you guys have a good week. Hey, this has been The Art of Wrestling. For Colt Cabana, I'm Colt Cabana. Thanks. Like, I always do, like, um, uh, like an Easter egg at the end of the episode of The Person. And I figure I should start doing it. Easter egg to me is like what used to be on DVDs. Um, DVDs, right. Okay. So like when, when the whole episode finishes mm-hmm. and then there's like a, like a little, like a 10 second clip of like okay. something fucked up. It's like, right. oh, a little hidden surprise. That's what right, Easter egg Right, is. right, yeah. right, right.